Well, hello, everybody. Great to connect with you today. Uh, I want to spend some more time talking about the concept of unconfined, unconfined. Uh, we've all been in this season for the last three months or so of some kind of confinement with this pandemic that's been on us and uh, maybe stuck in our house, maybe not being able to go to work, not being able to go to restaurants, not being able to shop, so many things that have uh, happened over these last few months. And uh, my big idea through all this is that we don't want to let the season that's happened to us get in us. Uh, confinement happening to you can become confinement happening in you. And it can become a mindset in our lives. And we're looking at an amazing uh, man in the book of Judges, Gideon. And Gideon uh, was a man that had been under Midianite oppression for several years and uh, was definitely living in a confined, contained mindset. And uh, I want to look at his story again this morning and share a few more ideas uh, about Gideon and how he broke out of confinement and how you and I can too. Judges 6, verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now... The Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord looked at him and said, Go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. Gideon is totally living a contained life. And the perfect picture of it is he is beating out wheat in a wine press, an activity that should be done out in the wide open spaces where you would beat those sheaves of wheat and the wind would carry off the chaff, but he's doing it not in a wide open space, not living wide open, but he's doing it in a confined space within a wine press. And Gideon really has now become contained by his own insecurities. Uh, his response to, to the Lord saying, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior, uh, I think is amazing because he says, if the Lord is with us, well, then why has this happened? And maybe you've asked those kind of questions in your own life. He says, where are all the miracles that I've heard about? He says, we've been abandoned by the Lord. Have you ever felt that way? 
like you've been abandoned by the Lord. And then he even goes so far as to say, how shall I deliver? I, uh, my family is the least. I don't come from a great family line, and I am the youngest in my family. In other words, Gideon has lost his confidence. He's totally lost his confidence in God. He's totally lost his confidence in himself. He's totally lost his confidence in how life is supposed to be. He's doubting God, and, he, and which always leads to he's doubting himself. His containment started with circumstances, but now those circumstances had seeped into his soul. You cannot let what's happening around you get inside of you. And, you know, I think all of us in this uh, last season have experienced uh, different things in our head. We've experienced different things in our heart. We've experienced different things in our emotions. And I want to talk about the emotion of insecurity, of feeling insecure. Uh, your emotions, my emotions, have a huge impact on our decisions, on our actions, or on our choices. And I don't consider myself to be like an overly emotional person, but I realize how much my emotions affect my choices and affect even my way of thinking. It's probably bigger than most of us realize, the power of our feelings, the power of our emotions. And yeah, there's several factors that go into how we decide things in life, how we choose, uh, how we act in life. I mean, all of us have our perspective that we choose out of, that we act out of. We've all had our own experiences that have kind of shaped us, whether for good or for bad. We all have our own cognitive data. In other, in other words, I mean, the, the info that you have at hand, you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. And then our emotions. And we are all emotional creatures. Uh, our emotions are essentially, this is how I feel. Certain people make you feel a certain way. Certain experiences make you feel a certain way. Certain thoughts make you feel a certain way. And feelings are important. They're an important part of who we really are. Uh, there's so, so many different kinds of emotions that you and I could have. Uh, you could be happy. Uh, you could be fearful and feel it. You could feel sad. You could feel disgusted. You could feel surprised. You can feel acceptance. You can feel love. And the, the truth is emotions are, are a good part of our life. They're a blessing for us, uh, but they do need to be managed. They, knew, they do need to be taken care of and understand that, that we, we can't be run by our emotions. We can't let emotions make all of our decisions, uh, nor can we stuff our emotions and try not to have any feelings at all. 
How many of us, I know me, I have, how many of us have made decisions or reacted to something based on an emotion that was wrong? In other words, we felt insecure, so we didn't seize the opportunity that was in front of us. Uh, We felt worried, so we decided uh, about something based on our fear or our worry. Um, Maybe, yeah, I know I've had this happen to me. You've just felt bummed out and you didn't respond at all. (laughs) Somebody sent you a text, somebody gave you a call, some opportunity came your way, but you felt bummed out and you just kind of ghosted the whole situation. You didn't even respond at all. Maybe you felt mad. Maybe you felt angry and you said something that you now regret or you did something that you now regret. Feelings are powerful, and learning to to get a hold of those feelings is so important. Feelings of insecurity will end up confining you in life. And I want to talk about some cure for insecurity. I want to talk about the idea of the confidence factor in life. The difference, the opposite of insecurity would be a sense of confidence in life. The Bible talks a lot about confidence. Hebrews 10 verse 35 says, therefore, don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised to you. For yet in a very little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. In other words, live by believing. And if he shrinks back, if he becomes confined, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. The Bible says, don't throw away your confidence. Don't lose your confidence. And that's exactly what happened to Gideon. That's why he responded, if the Lord's so good, why this? If God does miracles, why that? I'm the least. I'm the youngest um, in my family. His soul had shrunk back to a contained place. He was letting insecurity run his life rather than confidence running his life. The Bible says that my righteous one shall live by faith. In other words, the kind of people that bring pleasure to God are people that live believing lives. We are believing God for increase. We are believing God for blessing. We are believing God for his anointing. We are believing God that the dream that he's given us will be fulfilled. We are believing God that he will use us to make a difference in the earth. And then the Bible says that those who have faith, they have faith that preserves their soul. Your soul is your mind, the way you think, your will your choices, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, emotions. The Bible says faith preserves your soul. 
Hey, you know it and I know it. We've all had this experience in this past season. Life can beat you up. Uh, Life can mess with your mind. Life can mess with your will. Life can mess with your soul, with your emotions. And life wants to shrink all of us down. And all of us, if, if we're not walking in believing God and trusting God, we can end up with our soul shrunk down to where now insecurity is running our life rather than confidence in God. So we get afraid to love people we get because we might get hurt. We get afraid to try to something that we feel like God's called us to do. We get afraid to reach for something new. We get afraid to live. We get afraid to give. We get afraid to go for it again. And insecurity is never going to be your friend. So I want to talk about, for a few moments, some key factors that can help us gain the confidence factor for living great lives. And these are simple ideas, but they work. They are profound. The first idea, how do you gain the confidence factor, is spending time with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus. Acts 4, verse 13, it says, They observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed, and they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Having been with Jesus caused them to walk in confidence. This is an interesting uh, little passage here, verse here, because it says Peter and John were uneducated and untrained, yet God was using them to shake the world for Christ. These guys were fishermen. They literally were just blue-collar workers. And in Jerusalem in that day, there would have been a lot of people who would be very educated, very trained, but making very little difference in Jerusalem. I'm not against education, and I'm not against training, because if I had to go in for brain surgery, I'd want somebody who was trained. How about you? Uh, if I had to uh, if, if I had somebody building my house or repairing something, I'd want them to know what they're doing. But there's a lot of people with a whole lot of degrees and not much temperature. They are not making a difference. And here's these two guys, Peter and John, living this life of confidence. Uh, before Jesus, they were just making ends meet. They, they were catching fish, they were fixing nets, they were paying the bills, they were going through the motions, they were doing what they'd done all of their life. But then, but then, the Jesus factor comes into their life. Jesus comes into their world, and these guys get lit up, and they're on fire with 
purpose. They're on fire with a reason to live, with a passion to live. You know, spending time with Jesus, not just being religious, but actually knowing the person of Jesus, having an encounter with the person of Jesus, having Jesus come into your world. There's just something about that, about spending time with him, about hanging around with him that will cause confidence as to why you're here on the planet to arise. It will cause confidence that will help you make it through the day-to-day stuff that you're walking through. Come on, spending time with Jesus. Hey, let me tell you, if you'll do it on a regular basis, it will help you face all of the challenges that life throws at you with confidence. It will help you go into your day with confidence. You want to live with the confidence factor? Spend some time with Jesus. Second idea, the second key to gaining the confidence factor is trust that God is in charge of building your life. Hebrews 3 verse 6 says, Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. We are the house that he is building. If we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. The Lord is building his house. The Lord is building you. You are his house. He is building our life. And the confidence factor grows exponentially when you start to trust in the fact that God is in charge of building your life. One of my favorite passages is Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, our labor is in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. The promise of this passage is this, God is in charge of building my house, your house, so I can know that my labor is not in vain. And the Bible doesn't ever tell us that we shouldn't labor, but it's the kind of labor that recognizes God is in charge. You know, it's, it's, a, it's not a striving straining, grinding kind of labor. You know, the says it's vain for us to rise up early, to retire late. Um, you know, some people would think they got to get up early. They got to go to bed late. They got to work two jobs, three jobs to make it all happen. They got to try to get a head start on the next guy. They try to got to try to get a one up on the next guy. But when you begin to realize the confidence factor grows when you start to realize God has a plan for your life, a plan for my life, and no one else can take your place. No one else can fulfill that unique calling, that unique anointing that God has given you, that unique gifting, that unique 
passion that is in your life. I remember when uh, Suzette and I were scoping out Asheville in Western North Carolina 30 plus years ago. We were thinking about moving here to start our church and to kind of just look at everything that was going on. We were looking at some of the ministries that were here in town to decide, is there a need for a church like ours in Western North Carolina? And we did that for a little bit, but after a while, the Holy Spirit just dropped in our hearts that God wanted us here. You know, after that, it didn't matter what other churches were here. We knew that God wanted us here. We knew that God wanted to build a house through us in Western North Carolina. And so uh, so when I, even now, when I look across our city or our region and I see other churches grow and prosper, I just rejoice because I know none of those churches could ever do what our church does. I can't do what they do. We can't do what they do. But God has called us, and I just want you to feel that way about yourself, that there's nobody that can take your place. There's nobody that can fulfill your calling. God himself has committed to building your house. You don't have to strain and strive and grind to build your life. You just need to cooperate with God. Somebody needs you to sell them insurance. Somebody needs you to fix their car. Somebody needs you to build their house. Somebody needs you to be their dad, to be their mom. In other words, you you are unique and God is committed to building your life. He is in charge of building your house. You talk about confidence when you know that God is in charge. Romans 8 verse 28 says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. There's been a lot of things happen to a lot of us during this COVID-19 season. But here's the promise of the Bible. God will take all things. He doesn't call all things good, but he will take all things and cause them to work together for good in our life. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, there's no weapon that's formed against you that will prosper. Every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. God will cause all things to work together for the good of building your house. He'll even use your mistakes. He'll even use what other people have done wrong to you. God has a way of making it all work, and you can stay confident no matter what is happening. You know, I think this idea of recognizing that all things eventually work together for good, it presupposes this idea that there will be points where you go, this isn't good, (laughs) what's happening. And I'm sure that you've encountered things like that where you go, This isn't good, but here's the promise from God. Here's the confidence builder. God will take it and cause it to work together for your good. 
We're all going to face disappointments. We're all going to face setbacks. We're all going to face tough times and, and attacks against our life. But here is the promise. God is in charge of building your life. And he will take everything that comes against you and he will turn it around to work for your good. In time, God's answer will come. In time, you will make it through and you'll come out on top. You're not just going to survive it. You're going to rise up and come out of this thing strong. You're going to have another story of God's faithfulness to tell. God's in charge of building your house, and he's arranging all the details even while you sleep. The third idea that can help build the confidence factor in our life is number three, knowing we are loved by God. 1 John 4 verse 16 says, we've come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. When you get the revelation, how much God loves you, that the one who knows you the best loves you the most. You talk about confidence. You know, I think a lot of us probably have a, a secret fear in the back of our mind that if people really knew us, if they really saw past the facade, they wouldn't even like us, much less love us. And a, a lot of people are kept in in fear, are, they're kept in isolation. They're kept in insecurity because they wonder, do people love me? But when you get this revelation that you are loved by God, that you are loved no matter what you've done or what you haven't done, no matter how much you've messed up, no matter how great you've been, none of that changes the love of God for your life. You know, I think whenever I walk into a place where I feel like I am loved, um, I just have confidence. I can breathe easy. I can be myself. I can crack jokes. I can love on people. I can be loved back. It does something for your confidence. But when you walk into a place and you don't feel like you're loved, it you know, insecurity grows in that environment. Hey, parents, let me tell you, one of the best things you could ever do for your kids is let them know that you love them unconditionally. That's the best thing you could ever do for them. And so this idea that there is so much confidence in being loved, there is so much insecurity in feeling 
unloved, feeling like nobody cares. Because when you're in that place, you start to question yourself. You start to question your value. You start to question your, your, your worth. You start to think more and more, like, what's wrong with me? And then the, the more you think like that, the more self-conscious you get, the weirder you get. It's not helping. It's actually, it's actually making things worse. Here's one of the most awesome yet simple truths to get a hold of and to let get a hold of you. God is totally in love with me. He has set his love on me. You know, the truth is, I would like for everybody to like me, but they don't. And that's okay. You may like me, you may not. But at the end of the day, here's what I know. God in heaven loves me with an immense, unconditional, incredible love. You talk about confidence. You want to break the power of loneliness? You want to break the power of rejection? Get a revelation about the love of God. Because the truth is, nobody else could fulfill that spot in your heart. You might think, man, if I had a boy, if I had a girl, if I had somebody who loved me, then I would feel fulfilled. The truth is, there's a spot in your soul that only the love of God can fulfill. So how do we develop the confidence factor? Number one, spend time with Jesus. Number two, trust that God is in charge of building your life. And number three, knowing that we are loved by God. Hey, I want you guys to break out of any kind of insecurity and to walk in the confidence of knowing that God is for you. And I want to pray with you today. You know, maybe you've never surrendered to the love and the Lordship of Jesus. This would be a great moment for us just to pray together. Maybe you used to be close to the Lord, but you're not there now. You, you know you've slipped away. Something's come between you and God, but today is your day to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure. You don't feel confident about where you stand with God. And I want to lead you in a prayer, and I want us to pray together here. Just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a new beginning, a fresh start as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen.